Hello and welcome back to The RevOps Show. Our key performance indicator two-parter ends today with Jess and Doug working through scenarios to apply the insights we gathered in the previous episode. If you haven't watched part one yet, I would highly recommend you do so to get the foundation you need for these situations. Once you're back, or if you've already seen part one, there's no other intro you need. Let's get on with it. Jess, we ran out of time in our we last did. enthralling episode. We did. This had to be a two-parter because KPIs was too much to tackle in one episode. Well, something must have happened because you look a whole lot happier than you did a meeting ago. <laughs> it's because I'm with you, excited Because you know our listeners are listening and people are wondering what RevOps, what RevOps knowledge bombs we're going to be dropping on people. It's it's because you're using the sound effects today. That's that's why I'm so happy. Alrighty, so what do we got, Jess? So we I had put together some scenarios for us to talk through on the first part of our conversation for KPIs, and we just we ran out of time. We didn't have time to get to them. So I'd like to talk through some of those today. You know, it's a lot easier if you just ask me questions that I can answer from a theoretical standpoint. <laughs> situations and scenarios require me to actually step up and deliver on things. So I'm not sure we can do that at this hour. <laughs> well, let's give it a shot, shall right. we? Um, so Ooh, first, I got to add that. Hit me with your best shot. I got to add that. There we go. That's, that's a new one. Um, so first scenario, and it's Hold one on. that, you know, Jess, yes, you're sorry. a real tough cookie with a long history. Let's just do uh, quotes. Let's do the whole the whole show in quotes. Um, I, that. I know you could. I would not be able to. All right. So the first scenario is one that I think I think comes up frequently for us, which is we've got a newly hired marketing manager at an organization that they've really never done demand gen marketing. They certainly haven't haven't tracked it before, and so there's no baseline data. Working from basically a blank slate but the CEO wants the marketing manager to put KPIs together. Where do you start? You know, Jess, whenever I'm asked a question like that, my answer is in the beginning. <laughs> I always think it's a good idea to start in the beginning. Very Although good actually that's start. wrong. Um, I think you got to start it. Um, I think you got to start it at, at the end. So, I mean, the first question that I would ask is what are you trying to do? What's the, what's the result that you're trying to, what, what, so, so if you go back to our, our conversation last time, key performance indicator, it's a metric that has importance, i.e. It, it gives you more signal than noise to indicate, are you more likely or less likely to achieve the outcome that you're looking to achieve, ideally giving you that, that signal to enable an intervention to adjust, you know, if I'm not on track that I can you know, that it gives me the, the signal to be able to do something about it. So, so I, you know, the first question I would ask is what's, what's the outcome you're looking to, to generate? Generate leads. How do you want to generate leads? What do you mean? How do I want to generate leads? Um, you can generate leads in a, in a lot of different ways. Are you looking to generate leads um, organically on the website? Um, are you looking to leverage search? Are you looking at pay-per-click? Are you looking at outbound? So if so, you want if you want leads generated from your website, mm -hmm. um, I would start off and I would you know what 
where is it now? Now I know you said they haven't been tracking anything, but you know, if, if you're using any type of system, there's, there's, it's typically tracking something, whether you realize it or not. Um, you know, and even if you have to look at two different systems, which is not, you know, what I, what I would want to do, but you know, where, where are you now? Are, are you at zero? Like there's no conversion opportunity at all. Um, I would, um, I would start off and, um, you know, how many leads do you want to create? You know, how, I mean, I would look at what traffic, you know, what, 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 what's your website traffic. I'd also look at your repeat traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause if you have a lot of, if you have a high level of traffic or even a low level of traffic, but a super low level of repeat, then it's probably a pretty good measurement that you're not getting, there's not a lot of engagement. Um, but I, so I, so I would start, I, I'd, I'd look at an input metric and then what my output metric is. So in the next 90 days, how many leads do you want to generate now? I'm sorry, how many leads are you ready to commit to generate is probably what I would say. Cause like, I mean, I've, I've, I've been involved in, well, actually I was, we were working, this was several years ago, um, a couple of years ago on a, on our market development program. And <clears throat> what they told us was that their target for SDRs was to generate 50 sales qualified leads a month. Mm-hmm. When I finished laughing, I, I asked them, you know, what led to that calculation, you know, what led, what led to that. And what they said was that, you know, well, we plan on having five SDRs and we need to generate, you know, 1,250 to 1,500 leads over the next, um, I forget what, what, whatever, you know, it was like, this is what we need to meet our, 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 our outcomes. Now, now realize they were starting at zero. I mean, outside of the fact you could have been, you could have been at full scale and you're not going to generate 50 SQLs per, per rep per month, especially for what they were selling. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had to explain to them that, that the world, the gods, if you will, do not care what you need. They care what you're committed to doing, which means there's gotta be a degree of realism and there's gotta be, you know, there, you, the corresponding effort has to go into it. You know, we, we've worked with a company that said they need, you know, 22,000 leads in the next 12 months and they've not done anything. Well, I've got good news for you. I can predict, I, I've got a, I, I can give you a very high level indicator on whether or not that's going to happen. The answer is it won't. Yeah. Right. Cause you're not going to go from zero to 22,000 again, you know, maybe, maybe if you were, if the underlying funding funding mechanism was, was insane, but so you, you know, there, 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 there needs to be a, a degree of realism, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would say, you know, coming out of the gate from zero, gosh, I've been doing this at the, point of execution a whole lot but you know in my it's like my my, my first goal would be to get to a one percent conversion rate and then okay. i want to get to a two percent conversion rate visits to leads and in in a general sense i mean there there are a whole lot of elements that could um impact that but so i might say you know what so if we've got um if we've got you know if you've got 500 visitors a month well, we're going to, you know, we're going to be doing X, Y, or Z. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to target to get that to 750 to a thousand over the next three to six months. I want to get to 1%. So I might establish my target and I'm going to look at conversion. So my can, in this case, my, my KPI would probably be, um, visits, mm-hmm. um, leads conversion rate. Cool. That makes sense. 
do you so would you so you mentioned you want to look at the the data that you have would you also take into consideration the industry you're in um kind of what's going on in the world th those type of things do you do you do you look at those yeah. things when you're putting together the kpis as well so not just the data that you might have but also kind of your your vertical that you're in and those demographic information if you will yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pay attention to it i'm gonna you know especially if i'm coming from zero you know where I've not mm -hmm. done anything. I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to obsess about it. I'm not going to see the world through that lens. But I'm definitely going to, you know, definitely look at it. And I want to make sure that I understand it to um, to contribute. Now, 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 I should say by the way that that this is starting out. Um, those metrics that we just talked about, and and oh, mm -hmm. by the way, my 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 lead definition. There needs to be a clear definition of what what counts as a lead. So, I mean, there are a lot of systems that track a lead as, you know, especially if, if you're looking for digital conversion, they track a lead as converted on a form or converted on a page. You know, to me, I guess technically that's true. My, my beginning measurement is going to be qualified lead. And, and actually, one, one of the other metrics that I'll probably track early is what's my qualified lead yield, right? Mm -hmm. How many leads am I generating online? Actually, that's a that's a metric I, you know, I would use if, if web generated leads are, are a core element of what you're doing, um, is I would have qualified lead yield, which is the percentage of leads that are generated that are qualified. You, you, you also, by the way, need to, and this will impact your percentages. You also need to define is a lead a person or is a lead yep. a company? If, if one, you know, if four people from one company download something is that for leads which is a contact based definition or is it one lead because they represent one company if you look at the industry benchmarking they're typically basing that on a contact basis so if mm -hmm. you go to a company basis you've got to account for that that's going to lower that that conversion rate so you know with the exception of qualified leads that that's where i begin to have something that that is is a raw material but the the visits conversion rate leads in and of itself it would still fall under you know my my opinion it would still fall under vanity metric now vanity metrics get a bad name um some of it's deserved some of it's not when you start out you're going to start with vanity metrics right because if you're starting out you don't really have the the see-through to really get to those um you know, to, 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 to more meaningful um, metrics. And, and also I would say that, as I, as I mentioned in the last episode, that the trend is far, far more important than the, um, than the actual number. Cool, that makes sense. Um, so next one, let's, let's talk about content contribution and content effectiveness. So, um, so we, we, we consistently put out content, blog regularly, uh, monthly newsletters, uh, publish premium content on a consistent basis, do webinars. Our sales team uses our content and outreach. So the content's being used. We're not really clear whether or not the content is effective and what content is effective. What KPIs can we use to track the effect effectiveness of all of the content that we're creating? See, you thought you were going to put scenarios together, so I was going to have to do all the work in this one. Yep. <laughs> you forgot who you're dealing with. Um, 
So when you say that you don't have sense of whether it's effective or not, why, what do you mean by that? I don't, I don't have a place to go to a dashboard or I don't, I don't know where to go to really tell if the, the blogging we're doing is, is impacting sales. If it's impacting, you know, closed business, if it's, if it's, if it's helping drive that. So I don't really know how to measure that. I don't know where to go to measure that. So what, so here's the first question I'm going to ask. Why does it matter? Why do you want to know? Because time, resources, money's being spent to create the content. And I need to report the return on investment on, on, on what we're creating. You need to report return on investment? I need to report if it's being, if it's helping to, if it's contributing to close business, if it's being effective. Well, your sales team's using it. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's your answer. But there's no direct, like, I don't have a way to directly say, okay, the blog was able to, to drive business. This, this piece of content was able to drive closed business. So where do I go to track that? How do I put KPIs around, around that? So if, if we want to talk about what are KPI from a useful, valuable um, signal perspective, mm-hmm remember that a good KPI is going to enable you to generate intervention and, and will provide some type of, and will provide a prescriptive signal. So there's a behavior that you want to influence. There's a, there's a, um, what is it that you want to do? And right. And, and to this point, you haven't given me a behavior that, that, that we're influencing. The only behavior you give me, does it contribute? Well, I know that if, if it didn't contribute, then salespeople wouldn't use it. From the time that salespeople started using it, have sales gone up or down? Now, just because they've, you know, if they've gone down, that doesn't, you know, you've got to look at other factors for that. Um, but, you know, th- th- this is where, and, and, and I think this is what vanity, met. this is where vanity metrics are born, is we're reporting on it for the sake of reporting on it. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't have to do that, right? Um, I'd like to think you don't have to do that, but, but I understand, you know, so, so if the KPI is I need to report to the board or I need to report to my CEO and I can't do that. So the behavior that I'm trying to influence is I need to report to my CEO. Yeah. And, um, you know, someone says to me, I need to report the ROI. My answer is what would you like the ROI to be? And then we'll put the reporting together to support that. You'll, so you're, you, are I you didn't say that. That's not generating a useful KPI, but if you're asking me that you need to do it because you need to report to the board, mm-hmm. right. you're not asking for a useful KPI. That's correct. So, but you just said, just tell me what you want the ROI to be and I'll, I'll Yeah, I'll then we'll figure out happen. the reporting for that. Yeah. Okay. It's an accounting trick. <laughs> ask an accountant what two plus two is. The real answer is they'll ask, well, what do you want it to equal? Okay, that's fair. We we get this question though frequently. Like, like it's constantly, I'm spending money on, on I'm content. sorry, are you asking me this from the standpoint of how do you do it from a client services perspective? Or are you asking me how do we do it from a RevOps mindset to, to enable us to allocate our resources more effectively, align our vectors and accelerate? From a RevOps perspective. Let's talk about it from a RevOps perspective. What is it that you need to know? What's the behavior that you want to, that, that, that you're assessing or you're influencing? So let, 
let's go with, I, I want to know it, what content gets more engagement. Like, so I want to know what, what content drives engagement and drives leads to um, actually have a conversation with the sales rep. How do I track that? I, I, I think the question is built on a false premise. How so? Your, your, um, what blog post is, is causing someone to talk to a salesperson, right? That's the question. Yeah. That, that, that infers that if the blog post wasn't there, they wouldn't talk to a salesperson. It does infer that. I, I don't think anyone blog posts, you know, in, 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 in baseball, there's a metric called wins over replacement. Mm -hmm. and, what, and what wins over replacement says is for this person in this position, compared to the average person in this position, how many incremental wins were they responsible for? or How many incremental wins did they cost the team? And, and you're, we're talking like in 162 game season, we're talking, you are, you know, you're MVP caliber. If, if you have 10 wins above replacement, right? I mean, that's like huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is less than 5% impact. Right. And, and, you know, I'm pretty comfortable saying this. I think most years, no one has 10 wins above replacement. Maybe one person has 10 wins above replacement. And, and, and the point being, you know, there's an old phrase in, in baseball that says you're going to win 54. You're going to lose 54. It's what happens with the middle 54 that count. Right. And, and, and so we get into this um, false Delta game of, right. And so we start trying to, you know, if we start trying to measure micro things like that, I think that's where we actually get in the way of velocity and, and we actually introduce friction in, in, into a lot of things. So, so the way I would look at it um, is I would, I would likely look at what, what is it that we want content to do? Do we want content to enable more conversations to happen? Okay, I'm going to take a look at, um, I'm, I'm going to figure out some way to normalize activity and, and say before and after. Because the other thing that comes in is that content has a cumulative effect. And, and HubSpot has talked about this for years and written about it and showed the numbers. I mean, HubSpot could theoretically, I, I think one year, like 90% of their traffic came from blog posts that were more than a year old or, or something along those lines. So that theoretically says they could have done nothing for a year and they would have generated 90% of their traffic. And I think like almost like an equivalent or maybe even a higher percentage of, of their quality leads, right? Um, well, does that mean that you should stop? No, no, it probably doesn't, right? Um, and, and if I look at, you know, if I look at this blog that, that, that converts, you, you, you also run into a challenge of, of some attribution bias because you're an anonymous, you're an anonymous visitor until you convert. Right. So I, I looked at you from home and now I'm in the office the next day and I come back and I convert on this up oh, here you go. This is the blog post. But if you hadn't looked at the seven other blog posts or something else, right. right? And, and I'm not suggesting in most situations, like what, what, what's the scale of your organization? If you're Amazon, this shit matters and you're going to measure those things. Right. But you're not asking this question if you're at Amazon. No. Right. So, you know, if, if, if you're, uh, I mean, you know, if you're a $250 million company, you've got 112 salespeople, you, you, you don't need Amazon metrics. You don't need Amazon KPIs. You're not, you're, you're, you know, the, the needle's not, not moving. If, if anybody ever like gets obsessed watching on election night, like the New York times is a really cool thing. They have, it's called the needle. 
And what yeah. it's looking at is it's looking at probability. And while all the news is flowing around, what's really cool is you watch the needle and what causes it to move, what doesn't cause it to move. Or, or if you're a sports fan, watch a game while you have ESPN's game cast on and you'll see the probability of winning ebb and flow, right? And, and that kind of begins to show you elements of, of, of what has that impact. So it's like that, that's where we've allowed metrics to cause us to just overly obsess to measure what doesn't need to be measured. Um, what I'm going to look at is, like I said, you know, I'm going to look at in, in bands, do, did we in, increase capacity? Were we able to handle more, more leads per, um, you know, how many opportunities was the salesperson managing? What was, what was the, the there's a whole bunch of different things that I might be looking at what I want content to do. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but what you inferred in your scenario hit one of the number one elements, which is salespeople are utilizing it. Now, I think a lot of times you've got salespeople are not utilizing the content. And I know that that's a major problem. So one of the, like, in that case, the first, um, KPI that I'm going to probably start using is I'm going to start tracking in some way, shape or form, um, sales rep utilization. Right. And, and now I'm going to take advantage of what gets measured gets done. So if we start measuring and tracking sales rep utilization, then all of a sudden the communication of this is important begins to happen and you'll naturally talk about it more. You'll check in on it more. Um, if you're on the marketing side and salespeople aren't utilizing it, you'll complain about it more or you'll dig deeper to understand why aren't they using it more. Right. And, and you'll communicate to your sales reps to close, you know, to close the loop. Look, if you don't like the content, if you don't feel the content's valuable, then tell us why, tell us what it needs to be. Hey, sales team, if you're not contributing to content, you know, to, to the ideas and the creation of the content, and you're not giving us feedback on the existing content, then you don't get to not use the content because you don't think it's good. Yeah. Right. And so now I begin to, now, by the way, I'll tell you, if you get salespeople to start utilizing content, you'll start getting feedback. And, and, and you'll start seeing where needle get, gets measured or doesn't get measured. And you'll see that if salespeople start using content and then start using it more, that's, I don't think there's a better indicator that the content's valuable. If you're struggling to get that, then that might be a signal that, that, that the content's not super valuable, but content in and of its own, like that, mm -hmm. that, look, I love inbound marketing, but that's one of the inbound myths, right? Hey, I'm going to write this, you know, this piece of content, right? Now, what am I going to look at? I'm going to look at, are my clients, you know, are, are, are the people in the journey, are they connecting to our content? They're not connecting to content. Like what, what percentage of people go through a successful sale, never having touched our content. I'm going to want to see that number decrease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but to get down to the point of which piece of content, like to, to, to get into the mic, to, to microscope it like there, Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you look at what's, you know, what had the most impact, i.e. the most touches, well, I can promise you that's going to be an early stage content. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you want to know what, what has the most influence, it, it's, it's probably not going to have a lot of traffic, right? It's not going to have as many touches because, right? And, and, and so when you begin to get, like, there, there, there's a qualitative discussion that, that needs to happen there. And and it's never going to be just a metric. And so when you try to boil that down to a KPI, you're actually, you know, that, that, that's when you're running full fledged into Goodhart's law, which is the moment you take a good measurable and you turn it into the objective, it stops being a good metric. 
right? And 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 so like that, you know, what are we hiring this for? Yeah, and I think I think the um, the sales team utilization metric, I think that's that's a good piece, and it's one I don't think people often think of as as contribute as an indicator of whether content's effective or not. I just figured it out. Actually, we might be able to cancel a meeting. I want sales. I want sales reps to start utilizing the content. Mm -hmm. Sales rep content NPS score. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably mess with the the um. Actually, I probably don't even have to mess with the with the question too much. Yeah, but I'll probably start off with an NPS score. So so like now that. a sales rep has to has to give it a score. Mm -hmm. If they scored nine or ten, then then we can look and do some things to see, are they using it? There shouldn't be some signal that shows that. Yeah. Um, and if they're, if they rated a nine or 10, but they're not using it, that's one conversation. If they rate it below a nine or a 10, then we get to ask, okay, well, what did, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you, are you to utilize our content? You know, the content that we've created, if, if you rated a nine or 10, why? If you rated eight or below, what has to happen? for you to be more likely to use it. Yeah, I like that. There we go. Yeah, we solved it. <laughs> you solved it. Um, all right, I wanna switch gears to you know sales. What? You oh. know what, I wanna, I wanna trickle back to something that's not directly related to KPI, but it is absolutely directed to what I think is a RevOps mindset. And you, you said, we solved it, you solved it. Um, that goes to a large, large part of the, of, like that, that embodies attribution error, right? All the things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so even outside of the qualitative point that I want to make here, it's a great example of how this blog post got the credit. Yeah. Right. Th the aspect, you know, and this is why if you boil it down to just a metric, what's the click rate? You, you, you move away from your customer. The, like I did not solve it. We solved it. Because right. I mean, first off, you happen to know that this conversation on sales rep utilization and content contribution is something that we've been working on. Um, and in talking it through, it's like, okay, wait a second. That I mean, one reason why why I got stuck and we couldn't make progress on it was because every avenue I went down, it was like, okay, no, that's not right. Right. And and so had it not been the give and take, the then you know, yeah, when when you you know you solved it infers that you didn't have to be here and I would have solved it. Right. <laughs> and, and, it and I share that because like, these are the conversations that everybody skips because they jump to the first impulse or, you know, that's that whole aspect of, of pushing the certainty. And, you oh, yeah. know, after this podcast, we're going to talk about it and we're going to start going, well, wait a second, does this really get, and we're going to run right. a soft test on it, et cetera. But that's like, that's, that's why if you were to separate to attribute it, you would get, you would get less of what you want, not more of what you want. And this circles back to why in our last episode, I said less is more, yeah. right? What you measure gets done. So be really, really careful about what you measure. Yep. And, and in this case, we know that we need to get sales rep utilization before we yeah. can work on quality. So like if I'm coaching a kid, when I used to coach kids in baseball, it's like, you got to swing the bat. I didn't keep track of your batting average until you swung the bat a certain number of times. Yeah. Right. Cause I need you to, you know, I'm going to put you in the cage. You're going to swing the bat and you're going to, you know, your first 10 swings, you're going to stop every time to look at me for me to say something to you. And I'm going to say, why are you looking at me? And, <laughs> and then the kid says, well, well, usually they say what I did wrong. Yeah. Or, or, you know, sometimes they say, what can I do better? 
Yeah. And you know what my answer always was? What? I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> right? Well, well, why? Right. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna begin paying attention until you've taken 50 swings. Yeah. And then I'm not gonna say anything until you've taken 50 more. Right. Right. And you saw like we, you know, we just launched a new market development program. And you know, it confused the hell out of our client and the rep that we're like, oh, no, we're yeah. not saying anything. Yeah. Right? And you know, what was the result of it? Like he's he's killing it. You know, he's killing it, right? And and he's confident and he's right. I mean, yeah. if, if we had started commenting on his first week or two, he'd be defeated. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and so that's kind of where, you know, what, what we're talking about here. So all right, so you yep. want to go to No, you're good. Um, I want to switch gears and talk about sales. So we've got an experienced sales team who hits their number, meaning they they hit their their closed revenue goal. Um we've we have internal goals to grow the business by 10, 10x. What KPIs can we put in place for the sales organization to help drive that? Let's break that down, Jess. <laughs> kind of figured you'd want to. <laughs> Me want cookie. <laughs> the okay, sales, go ahead. sales team who hits their number. So what KPIs do we put in place to, to drive growth is really the question behind the question behind well, this. This is where I would go to the deals framework, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I, so, so, so my first question is, do you have the inputs? I mean, you want to drive 10x growth by when, right? You want to, you want to, you want to 10x over the next hundred years? In, in three months. No, I'm you want to 10x kidding. in three months? That's not <laughs> that, a problem. Was a, that was a joke. You, you, your sales team hit their number. They had one sale. <laughs> um, not a problem, right? You know, so, so, so what's the time frame? Right. You know, I hate when people say sales is a numbers game because it's not a numbers game, but it's a game where numbers matter. Okay. Right. And, 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 and so there's a math and there's a model. So, so you like, you have to have a model. Like if you think about the revenue acceleration framework, so we talk about the deals framework, mm -hmm. well, you know, the revenue acceleration framework says, you know, step one is what's your go to market strategy, which mm -hmm. involves what's your economic and sales model. Right. And, and, and so there's a, you know, there's, we call it the demand generation model, right. That, that says, you know, what has to happen so that you can generate 10 times more sales, right? And, and that means that you need to have probably in, in the early, you know, like in the, to, to get there, you probably need to have more than 10 times the number of conversations, even though by the end, you'll actually 10x sales with, without having to 10x your number of conversations. Because if you do it right, you should increase your yield. But if you're moving to a, to a true 10x multiple, over, I mean, that, that infers a short, you know, a relatively short period of time, you know, we want a 10 X in three years, yeah. right? It, it, it means you need to become probably a different company than you are today. And then a different company again. So you're probably going to have two transformations in that. Right. So, so there's a, you know, so, so you're going to re engage learning curves and you're going to re I mean, so, so you almost go back into the, the experience of our first scenario that you've not done this before you've not tracked it. Yeah, but but I can tell you that like you know you said I want to move to sales, and it was funny because our last one was marketing, and the metric was more focused to sales. Yeah, and this one you said is sales, and I would say well the first metric's going to be more a marketing metric. You know what what is the awareness of us right, and I'm going to generate awareness as active awareness, which means um my what I call active awareness is engagement, right? If no one knows who we are, if no one's touching us. If no one's seen our stuff, 
then you know we're going to come out of the gate cold 10x is you know 10x is starting from zero so you've got mm-hmm. that yeah you know one, one of the great success stories of all time is you know hubspot started blogging six months before they had a product why right well they had a generate engagement before anything else mattered and and so you know what so i'm going to look at that i'm going to say do we have the engagement to support it right um then then you know do we have the activation do do we have the sales teams to support it I, I can tell you what I see is that people come to this and what they often do is they, they, they KPI their way backwards and they, you know, they, yeah. they ramp up the bogey on the sales team. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they wonder why their sales team is, is lying, cheating and stealing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, and then they wonder why discounting becomes prevalent. Right. Because if you haven't, you know, I think last time I've talked about the fact that I love farmers. Because a farmer doesn't come along and say, well, how do we 10x our corn yield tomorrow? Yeah. A farmer says, if we were on a 10x our corn yield, th- you know, that's a multi-year approach. And there's a whole lot of stuff we got to do to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and so you, you, you've got to take a look at where's your engagement. Now, now you're going to pick it up in a couple different places. You're going to say, um, you know, we need to increase volume. Where are the bottlenecks? Where, where are where are our conversions or our pipe and this is where the deal the deals framework walks you through kind of that x-ray you know where where are the weaknesses in there um i you know the term i use fit rate is you know how many how many qualified conversations do i need to have to to get to the point where i'm i'm making the recommendation to buy i'm asking somebody to buy and then my close rate is how many people do i ask to buy um you know one of the things that i'm going to have to do to increase 10x is my close rate is going to have to increase, which means yeah. my fit rate is probably going to go down, right? Too often, what I see is people have relatively high fit rates, right? Because they're just pushing more and more people to close right. to propose because that's what we talk about. You know, we talk about well, if we're going to close this number of people, how many proposals do we need to make? And that becomes yeah. the so we just throw more people in a proposal, which means we actually spend more time with the wrong people. If my sales team needs to increase their their wins then I need to become even tighter with how they allocate their time. Yeah. That also means I'm going to take a look and ask, where's my sales team spending time that they shouldn't be spending time. And I'm going to say marketing, pick this up, right? How can we take it self-serve? How can we take the lower end of our revenue and, and turn that into a self-driven buying journey? Yeah. Where can we find things that salespeople have to do where we're not really adding sales value? How do we, automate that or you know this is that's where you know that's where we use video a lot um so so again i'm going to look at you know if we're talking about 10xing i'm going to take a look at the the three to four manufacturing lines because that's how we look at it that, that enable us to take the raw material of a potential customer and turn them into a paying customer um i'm also by the way gonna you know i i think that there's an expand side of it um, I think if you're looking at your, your, you know, if you're looking at 10x grow and you look at your sales team, there's a tendency to think only through the lens of new business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that happened at HubSpot that, that um, vaulted their growth rate was when they got to negative revenue churn with their customers. Yeah. Which meant they were, they were generating more revenue from their existing customer base, even, even though accounts were churning. Like it wasn't like they weren't losing any accounts. But, you know, minus the revenue loss from the accounts that didn't stay, 
the customer your existing customers were spending more and more and more um actually darmesh has a great short video on this where, where he talks about like the way to manage your profitability we tend to think only on the end of lowering cost of acquisition but increasing the lifetime value can have actually a bigger impact on that um by the way i i would also say that if you're going to move to that rate of growth you need to be really careful about some of the, me the metrics that you that you use because your cost of acquisition is going to go up at least for a period of time um your churn will probably go up for for a period of time because you're becoming a different company um so so a lot of the metrics that that get used at the point that cause a company to say, okay, we're ready to 10X, a lot of times those metrics are what get in the way and, and, and wreak a whole lot of havoc when you're trying to 10X. Um, so again, you know, you really gotta, you know, this is where you have to begin to do some footwork and, and, and you begin to segment your, your teams into what are the phases of the journey that, that they're looking at. Yeah, and it sounds like you're almost building KPIs to drive efficiencies at first to be able to see where are the places that you can that you can streamline that process a little more is, is kind of what I'm hearing so, you say. So I'm going to say we're going to use KPIs to drive velocity. I think efficiency, okay. I think in the early, early stages, sometimes efficiency. But but again, actually, if cost of customer acquisition goes up, that's actually a negative. That's, that's negative efficiency. That's a measurement of less efficiency. Right. Um, so that's fair. Yeah. There, there, there are elements of efficiency. Um, I mean, to me, velocity oversimplifying this is, is kind of the, the, the optimal mix of efficiency and effectiveness. I, I think, you know, one of the places where the tactical mindset to RevOps creates havoc is that we tend to, um, you know, we've overweighted efficiency. Um, and, I, and I think efficiency has a major point of diminishing returns. And it's really easy for your KPI to become like it's much easier to measure efficiency and 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 i think that's you know that that can be it, early on it tends to be it tends to yield yield positive results but it hits a diminishing return pretty fast yep um all right let's see if we can squeeze the last one the last scenario in so we've recently had a drop in customer retention and so what KPIs can we put in place to help understand what's causing the retention issue? Cause we, cause we're not sure the reason so, for the drop. So I think to answer this question, you've got to start off with what's your hypothesis? Like, why do you think, why do you think, mm -hmm. um, then do some, you know, kind of test the hypothesis looking backwards. Um, which, you know, what I find is that typically the first couple of hypotheses, um, it, it doesn't, um, the data doesn't support the hypothesis and 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 a lot of times you don't even have something that, that enables you to have a clear hypothesis so then in essence your kpi mm -hmm. for lack of a better word almost becomes the kpi to be able to establish a hypothesis but if you don't have a hypothesis again it goes back to well what is it that we're looking to change right um, i think one of the things that happens is we're you know kind of what i mentioned earlier you there, there's a jump to go Oh, this is what we need to do to, and it, and it gives you that feeling of certainty, but it's wrong. Yeah. Right? And and by the way, when I when I say re retention, you know, what's the context of the other? What, what's the context of the rest of the story? Is it number retention? 
Is it revenue retention? Um, are we, what type of numbers are we dealing with? So like yeah. our, our business, which is relatively small numbers, right? That, you know, that means something very different than if you're, you know, a SaaS company. Um, so, so again, it's, it, it's, there, there, there's an overall context and, and it's a, you know, you're, you're going to generate the KPI in alignment to the, to the hypothesis. I, I think, you know, a major mistake that happens to KPI is actually kind of what you just did. You will ask around, Hey, what's a good KPI for this? Or you yeah. search it online you go, good. Oh, that looks like a good KPI. Um, and you skip the hard work. Right. And, and by the way, here's, here's the other thing that I'm going to say about KPI. Um, and for KPI to be prescriptive and to enable an intervention. And that is, it's the conversation. So kind of what we went through today, which, which is only, you know, a slice of, of the conversations that we actually have when we're doing this. Right. It's the conversation around the KPI that actually makes the KPI valuable. Because if you don't have the conversation, the the headache-inducing, mind-altering, frustrating conversation, then then it's just a number and it doesn't have any real meaning. Um, and that's, you know, that, and you get to achieve bean counter status, right? The number doesn't mean anything because you don't really understand why that was the number to begin with. Um, right. And, and so, you know, it's not, I mean, one of the things that I love is when my metrics and my observations um, fragment, like the metric says this, but my eyes say that what, why? Like that, that's a really powerful place. And, and if I'm, if I only manage by numbers, then, then I lose that opportunity. And, and I mean, let me tell you, you know, you know, numbers are wrong. You know, what do the numbers tell us? You know, the answer to that yeah. question is, what would you like the numbers to tell us? Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, that's, that's kind of why trend, you know, the, the trend matters. Um, you know, I get really mad and actually I'm, I'm not going to pick on a company today, but, you know, I had a situation where, where, where the company started doing something that I thought was bad. I mean, I, like, mm -hmm. it, and, and they said, well, this is what the data tells us. Yeah. And I said, well, why didn't you talk to your customers? And you know what they said? What? That's not data. And I right. said, I said, you're, you're at, that's qualitative data. Yeah. It's not quantitative data, but right. it's qualitative data and it's still data. Yeah. Right. To, to discount the qualitative data. And that, you know, that, that's where, that's where KPIs go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, one of the things that I read about, I know I'm, I'm assuming it's true because it came from a fairly reputable source is, you know, if you go to places like Google and, and, you know, OKRs where they have their metrics, et cetera, their definition of good is they achieve 60 to 70% of their key metric objectives. They, they view it as, you know, if we achieve hundred percent of our key metric objectives, then we probably set ourselves too low. And, right. and, and by the way, in, you know, the, the beautiful thing about goal setting mm -hmm. is, is what you learn in the process. Right. Right. So, so by, by pushing to that thing, you know, if, if you don't like success, that's, a, that's data failure, that's data. Right. If, if you look at it through the lens of success, good failure, bad. Well, you know, who like in, any top performing performer, athlete, musician, comic, you know, we, we, we get, we get obsessed by these, you know, comedy specials and, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, um, Kevin Hart, 
you know, whomever they, they, they do a 45, um, uh, Amy Schumer does a 45 minute show and it's just, you know, laugh like, Oh my God, they're, they're, right. they're amazing. Well, well, what people don't realize is that 45 minute show came from two years of, of touring nowheresville to throw yep. these things out to take the you know kind of take the best leave the rest and then work on it and work on it and work on it and right. and if you know if you don't tell a bomb i mean if you're a comedian and you don't bomb you're not a very good comedian right right and so if that comedian views that as failure mm-hmm. rather than input right if that athlete looks at it as failure rather than input then then really we're we're setting ourselves up for that repeat failure and, and, and so again, it's, it's, it's the work that leads to the KPI. That's where the real value is. All oh, right, yeah, we got cool. The last scenario we got we, through all with, of them. With an added pontification from me. I, I'm impressed. Doesn't... I'm impressed. So oh, I had... The longer one. <laughs> well, that was success, right? Exactly. I yes. want cookie. And then because I delivered, I was able to get my cookie. Okay. Um, so I had two kind of key things that, that I think we hit on that were really, really insightful. So the, the, what are you willing to commit to versus just what is the KPI? I think that's, that's really important. And I don't think people think about that when they're putting their, their metrics together. And then, um, the fact that looking at, at marketing for sales indicators, what's traditionally known as marketing for sales indicators and looking to sales for marketing indicators. Again, I don't think that's something that people think about. I, I think that that's really insightful and a, and a, and a good way to think about it. So I thought Great. this was good. Awesome. Arnie, I can't wait to see what you come up with next week. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions or any other KPI scenarios you would like to ask Doug or Jess, please send them to me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at DemandCreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.